Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we've had we have with us John Ramsey with Noodles and Company. Welcome, John. Thanks, Lee. Happy to be here. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about Noodles and Company. Uh, how are you serving folks? Sure. So Noodles and Company uh, just recently celebrated 25 years in business, um, and we are a uh, a fast casual restaurant concept that specializes in you might guess noodles and pasta dishes. Uh, so we have a wide variety of menu items, um, and we like to call it sort of a worldwide menu items. So whether you're looking for a comfort food like macaroni and cheese or uh, something fun and exotic like pad thai uh, or good old spaghetti and meatballs, we have something for everybody. Now, what was the kind of genesis of the idea? How did it come about? What, did it start as a mom and pop and then evolve into a franchise, or was it, a, was it built to be a franchise all along? Uh, so it was built to be, uh, it started as a single restaurant in Denver, but the genesis was is that there was an entrepreneur uh, was living in New York City um, and uh, always loved to eat out. Uh, and he would find himself craving different types of noodle dishes, but he recognized that he'd have to go, if he wanted something Asian, he'd have to go to an Asian restaurant. If he wanted Italian, he'd have to go to an Italian restaurant. So the light bulb went off and he said, gee, why don't I create my own restaurant? that has uh, noodle dishes from all around the world, all different menus, and combine them into one location. So that's how it started. And then what's your role with the company? So I I oversee our franchise growth area. So my role is to really select new franchisees uh, and get them set up into business all across the country. So now you mentioned that the the restaurant's been around for a minute. Um, Has it evolved what an ideal franchisee looks like over the years? It has. So um, we, uh, most of our current franchisees uh, have multiple locations. So that's sort of one distinguishing point. Um, Secondly, is that many of them have more than one brand. So you might call them sort of a professional franchisee or uh, an entrepreneur that has more than one location. Most of them also kind of came from a restaurant background. So those are uh, characteristics that we also are looking for with our new franchisees. Is that a trend that you're seeing in the franchise industry? No question. Uh, you know, I think um, there still continues to be a marketplace for people who are sort of uh, wanting to become a franchisee in a new business, never done it before. Uh, so there are segments that that cater to that. However, in the restaurant industry in particular, uh, it's a little bit more complex. Uh, it's a little bit higher investment level. Uh, therefore, and it lends itself very well to larger groups, meaning that you could have um, other financial structures, private equity, uh, corporate entities that own large quantities of restaurants has become more common. Now, is there a type of restaurant owner that's more attractive to you than others? Like is pizza a better fit than um, yogurt? Like uh, how, do, how do you decide which is the right fit? Yeah, great question. So I would say not necessarily a certain type of restaurant operator. Um, uh, you know, we, we use a series of uh, characteristics to define what a successful franchisee looks like. 
And yes, their restaurant or operational background experience is important. So even within a segment, whether it's pizza or yogurt, um, is you get people with different levels of experience. So for example, if somebody is a multi-unit area manager who is used to managing multiple locations and, and a lot of people, uh, that trait is much more favorable than say somebody who's just working in a single location. Um, so you have that restaurant operational experience, then obviously you have financial background. Uh, do they have the ability to uh, invest their own money in multiple locations, not just one? Uh, but also, do they have a relationship with a bank where they could borrow money to build multiple locations? So you have sort of these different characteristics that we look for. Now, are there regions of the country that are more attractive than others at this stage? There is. So uh, as I mentioned, we've been around 25 years. We have a little over 450 restaurants. Uh, we started in Colorado um, and expanded. We are coast to coast. However, if you look at our, our restaurants on a map, it, it, we call it the rainbow. So we go from California up into Colorado, obviously, all across the upper Midwest. So we're very big in places like Chicago, Minneapolis. Uh, then we come down the East Coast all the way into Florida. Uh, so it sort of creates this rainbow. Well, below that rainbow uh, is, is quite a few states that where we don't have a noodle. So, for example, Georgia, Texas, Alabama, uh, New Mexico. So really the southern states and southwest, which happens to be high growth areas. So it's sort of a perfect fit for us to focus on those areas. Now, does a market have certain characteristics? Are they like in a college town? Is it, a, you know, a, a big city? Is it more suburban? Are there certain characteristics you look for in a market? There are. Um, and I would say the, the suburban uh, type of locations within a city are more typical of where our restaurants are located. Um, however, one thing we've learned is that we are not a regional-based brand, meaning that we don't have sort of a unique flavor profile. Uh, so whether we have restaurants in California, like I said, up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, or down into Orlando, uh, we find that the menu translates very well, and it appeals to people regardless of their demographic background or regardless of the region they live in. Now, how um, how did the pandemic impact your your team and your franchisees? Yeah, I think uh, like everybody, it impacted us um, in, in several different ways. Uh, first and foremost, it, the most obvious is the lack of dine-in business. Uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, we were doing about 60% of our business was off-premise already, which is quite high considering that we do not have drive-thrus. Um, however, that 40% of our business that was dying in basically went away. So we very quickly had to adapt to that new reality. Uh, and we, we did several things. So we ramped up our, our digital presence. So both our online ordering as well as our native app on the mobile devices. Um, we, we sort of uh, improved those facilities to be able to adapt to this, this takeout. Uh, secondly, as we went to all all takeout packaging, whereas before we had sort of a dine-in and takeout version of packaging. Well, everything now is takeout. Um, but one of the things that we learned is that um, our food travels very well. Uh, it stays hot. It stays fresh. And so we were really able to capitalize on this trend of all-premise eating and takeout business, whether it be pickup or delivery. 
Now, is that something that you see moving forward that maybe you can get away with a smaller footprint store and just focus in on that? We do. Absolutely. So in fact, we really already started looking at that and focusing on that. So yes, when you talk about dedicated curbside pickup or a drive up pickup window, not a drive through where you would order, but where you might pick up your food, um, dedicated takeout, uh, a pickup spot in the restaurant, sort of a touchless uh, contactless place where a, a guest can come in and pick up their food that they've ordered online. Uh, and to your point, yes, a smaller footprint, so less dine-in seating, uh, we think is going to be the trend going forward. Uh, now, when you're helping folks kind of consider their their options, is it something that um, they're hungry for? Or are you finding a higher demand of potential franchisees during this time? I don't know if I'd call it a higher demand. I think that, however, I think what's happened through this pandemic is it's really created a, first of all, I think the entrepreneurial spirit has always been there and that definitely has not gone away. Uh, however, if if we're speaking to people who are in the restaurant industry, uh, if they're heavily invested, say, in family dining or, or casual dining that, you know, heavily dependent on, on dine-in business, they're struggling. So in most cases, those folks are not looking to expand or add to the portfolio. They're looking to solidify what they have and stay in business. Conversely, we're, if we're talking to somebody who's in the QSR side of the business, uh, hamburger, drive through pizza delivery, et cetera, um, in some cases, their business is doing so well, they're actually looking to consolidate or acquire more restaurants within their own brand. So it's created, a, I would say, a different profile or a different need uh, based on what people's current business model is. Now, are you finding that there's um, kind of more affordable real estate options now in some markets? Not necessarily. Uh, at least what we're seeing is that the what is becoming available are larger footprint. So sort of these large four, five, 6,000 square foot spaces that might have been a dining restaurant, a casual dining or fine dining restaurant. Those spaces are becoming available. However, for the QSR and fast casual concepts like ours, you know, that are looking for that 1,500 to 2,000 square foot space, there's still a, quite a high demand for those type of locations. So that that hasn't kind of um, created an opportunity uh, as of yet. They haven't kind of subdivided these larger spaces yet, the, the real estate folks? That's right. They haven't subdivided them. Now, where we have seen, in fact, I, we just looked at a site this week, for example, that was a Pilates studio, um, you know, in a, a great location for a restaurant, but it had not been a restaurant use. So I think that, so there isn't situations where other uses are becoming available because of the pandemic. So now when you, you mentioned like kind of a desire to grow and expand in the Southern markets, um, is that same profile, you're finding those same folks there in the southern markets that, that you've had in your rainbow markets that you're finding the people that have existing restaurants or complimentary restaurants that are, is, so that's just fitting the bill for you and you're just kind of looking to penetrate that market more deeply? Exactly. In, in fact, in many cases, what we're finding is that, uh, not surprisingly, if you look at the, the shift in demographics and shift away from the upper Midwest, states, um, a lot of the franchise candidates that we're talking to 
say they, they were living in Chicago for 20 years. They got tired of the, the, the weather and moved to Atlanta. Uh, and they know noodles. You know, they've been living with it for 15, 20 years. And so when they found out that we're coming to Atlanta, for example, I, we've got many phone calls from folks saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy you're coming to town. Um, you know, you had one right around the corner for me in Chicago. I'm moving here. I'm going to start my own business here. This would be a perfect concept for Atlanta. So we're getting a lot of that response. So if somebody wanted to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what is the best website for a franchisee? So they would go to our main website, which is noodles.com. And there is a franchising tab. So they click on that franchising tab. Uh, once they get into the franchising section, uh, they could either complete a, a very brief inquiry form or they could directly email us at franchising at noodles.com, which is also listed on the website. Well, congratulations on all your success, John. Thank you so much. We appreciate talking to you. All right. And thank you again for sharing your story today. It's a, it's a great story. And, um, and the whole, the, got the whole Southern part of the country. We're excited to see you come down here. Thanks. We're excited to get there as well. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio. Franchise Marketing Radio.